Hello and welcome. I'm Hannah Palamara and this is My Vulnerable Voice, a podcast and visual project sharing stories of rawness, courage and love. We each go on a journey through life and we learn through our experiences, good and bad. And what I've learned is that by sharing these stories, we can not only bring healing to ourselves, but to other people. Thank you so much for being here. In this episode, I speak with Jess Miles, birth photographer, obstetric nurse, and amazing ostomy advocate about her experience of living with EDS and having an ostomy, and how she lives her life as a birth photographer and is inspired into helping others going through the same experiences as her. It's a really incredible, vulnerable episode, and I just loved speaking with Jess and seeing her strength and how she takes the difficulties and creates something beautiful out of them. Tune in. Hi and welcome. Hi Jessica, thanks so much for joining us here today. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a total honour to speak to you and to meet you almost in person. And um, <laughs> let's just start with you maybe introducing yourself to us and telling us who you are and, and what you do. Okay, um, well, as you said, I'm Jessica. I do go by Jess. Um, all my friends call me Jess. Um, I live in Bradenton, Florida, right next to one of your favourite spots. Let's I hope me. you come and visit me one day. <laughs> me too, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, by career, am a registered nurse, nationally certified in obstetrics, and mm-hmm. that kind of led me into birth photography. I've always had a passion for photos, but I never did it for other people until mm-hmm. I was asked by other nurses that were pregnant to start photographing their births, and then mm-hmm. it kind of snowballed from there uh, I'm going to say um a lot. <laughs> I, I don't even have a website. I am strictly word of mouth and all my OBs that I work with, they refer me out and nice. everybody, pretty much every employee that gets pregnant at the hospital hires me to do their birth. So I do a lot That's of amazing. I do a lot of it. Uh, most of my clients are nurses, physicians, mm-hmm. wives, um, mm-hmm. and and such. So I've done a That's few cool. that have found me on Instagram or that have been referred to me by friends or obstetricians. Mm-hmm. But a lot are people that work at the hospital that I worked at. That's amazing. And that's what yeah. a great way of getting in and being able to get clients as well to have that yeah. stream. Yeah. Then doing the birth photography, I started getting asked, can you do my family? Can you do this? Can you do that? Uh, Maternity. So I do a little bit of everything, but my heart really is in birth. And Mm -hmm. as we'll discuss, I have had some illness issues. So Mm -hmm. I'm really just focusing, trying to focus on birth. Mm -hmm. I will still take on some of my regular family clients that I've done Mm -hmm. for the last seven years, Mm -hmm. but I don't do a ton of that. It's, I primarily want to stick to documentary birth. Mm -hmm. I love it. I absolutely love your birth work. It's beautiful. Thank you. It's stunning. And have you ever done any home births? I have not, believe it or not in our area. It is not. I actually was hired to become a midwife assistant at one point, but the midwife wanted me on call 24 seven. And that was just not Mm -hmm. something that I could do. So I turned down the position. Mm -hmm. 
And I believe that birth center closed down since. I know of one other one in Sarasota. Yeah. But I don't know a lot of birth midwives that do home births in our area. Mm. So I do strictly at this point, I would love to do home birth. I Mm -hmm. just, I don't even know Mm -hmm. where to begin with that in this area. Mm -hmm. I strictly at this point do hospital births. And Mm -hmm. I also do a lot of scheduled cesarean sections. I'm the only birth photographer because I'm a nurse and I work a lot of, I've worked at other hospitals, I've photographed at other hospitals, but the mm-hmm. most births I photograph is where I worked. I am allowed in the OR and can shoot mm-hmm. all of it. I'm like the other end of the spectrum over here. So I mostly yeah. do home births and some, amazing. some hospital and some birth center. And I've never been allowed in the OR yet. Mm. So it's really yeah. interesting, isn't it? And I that know is, yeah. the systems are very different here and in the U.S., um, and yeah. how do you find, you know, being an, an obstetric nurse, would you say that it's given you quite a medicalized view of birth or what's, what do you feel about, you know, about birth? Cause you obviously have a medical perspective most of the time. Right. It's funny because even when I was a nurse, I was more of the less intervention mm-hmm. type nurse. Yeah. I loved taking care of my patients that the least interventions, everybody Mm -hmm. would joke and say, Oh, Jess, she's the kumbaya nurse. Like, (laughs) you know, like I wanted all the, all the patients that were doing it all natural. I wanted the less interventions, that kind of thing. I, I'm trying to think how to say this. I, without getting myself in trouble, I do think that there are, it is a little bit too medical lies or mm. medicinal lies mm. I don't yeah. I'm saying that word wrong you might have to edit you that. got it Med- <laughs> medicalized <laughs> yeah but obviously that's different when you're in the OR which mm. as I yeah. said I do a lot of that I have a different perspective of because that mm. is a, a, a major surgery mm. so mm-hmm. yeah. um and what you're obviously you've got older kids um but what, I do. What were your birth experiences like? I actually delivered both my children at the hospital I worked mm-hmm. at oh, wow. with the OBs that I worked with. Oh, I love that. So, and I was I, young when I had my first son. I was 21. Mm-hmm. And I walked in there thinking, I'm going to do a whole all natural birth. I don't yeah. want an epidural. I don't want anything. Like, I waited. My water broke at home. And then like an hour before he was born, I was like, give me the epidural. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So with my second son, I labored at home until Mm. I was about five, six centimeters. And then I went into the hospital. I said, okay, give Mm. me my epidural now. (laughs) But I had very fast, easy labors. So I was lucky. That's amazing. So we were, I was uh, 22 when I had my first daughter. So really similar ages. It's really, it's really nice being a young mom, isn't it? It is. I I, I almost feel like, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but my older son and I, we grew up we grew up together you know we and my kids are like my my best friend like two Mm. of my best friends and now we're just buddies and it's it's actually funny because as you first commented when we got on I don't look my age (laughs) and we were actually just at the doctors and my older son and I went together 
and they thought we were brother and sister or, <laughs> and he's six, five. So sometimes yeah, people will me. think, is he my boyfriend? <laughs> Are we brother and sister? No one ever believes ever that I'm his that. mother. Such a compliment so, though, really. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and my, my mom looks young too. So she always mm. got the same thing and, and mm. she had a switch. I'm an identical twin. I don't know. I did not know that. Oh, that's so. And she had us when she was only 19. So we also kind of grew up together and she's Mm -hmm. a close friend and she always got the same thing. Like, you're not old enough to have two daughters. You're 43, (laughs) you know. Oh, and where's your twin? Is she near you? Is she in Florida? She is. She's in uh, Seminole, which is right above St. Pete. Okay. Yeah. So... My mom, my, and both my sisters are here in Florida. And then my brother is in Pennsylvania, which is where I'm originally from. But we've, I've been here since I was 14. My brother just moved back after graduation to Pennsylvania, where Mm -hmm. the rest of us stayed. But my parents are in St. Pete, one sister in Seminole, one sister in Parrish. And then Um. I'm in Bradenton. So nice. Yeah. That Florida sun. I'm missing that right now. <laughs> it's it's 50 degrees here today. I have oh my, had is that like freezing? Love, yes. I I've, I've been freezing. I've had I've had a coat. I've had no. I slept with gloves on. I'm not even kidding. Because my husband doesn't want to turn on the heater. So it's so cold in the house. I it's probably warmer outside than it is in my house. <laughs> so, so the AC is off. <laughs> the AC is off. Yes. <laughs> but I, I do love the cold weather. We try to fly up to my husband's from Wisconsin, Lake Geneva, which is idyllic little quaint town. Mm-hmm. But with COVID and everything, we haven't been up there. So we do try to fly to the cold every year. We probably just won't fish. Actually, we're supposed yeah. to go to Iceland in June, but I don't oh, know really? if that's going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, I'm going for a photography workshop, but I'm bringing my husband mm-hmm. and my boys and we're going to stay for a, a vacation after. Oh, that sounds incredible. But it may have to be postponed because right now they're not letting us in the country. I don't know what will happen come June. Fingers crossed. I'm just praying, you know, after this this crazy time that I'm thinking in my head, I've got spring. Things are going to kind of go back to normal in, from the spring onwards. Oh, I hope so. You know, because it's been yeah. it's been a tough year for everybody, hasn't it? I mean, how have it you? Has. How has it affected you this year, COVID? You know, I've really stayed in the house a lot. I'm not super paranoid that I'm going to be one of the people that gets it and you know dies. Although we. We don't obviously know. Um, I do know of healthy young patients that have gotten it and passed away. But I am si- I'm to the point where I'm just sick of being sick. So mm-hmm. I don't want to get get it just because I don't want to be sick. I just mm-hmm. um, spent the last uh, last month in October with sepsis and in the hospital and having surgery oh. and everything like that. Wow. So I'm like, I do not. I just I don't want to get the yeah. flu. I don't want to get yeah. COVID. Yeah. So I, I stay in most of the time. And when I do go out, I wear my mask and that. Right. That. So let's delve a little bit into, because obviously yeah. when I when I found you on Instagram, one of the things I was really um, inspired by was how you share about the, str- the health struggles that you've had and the journey that you've been on. So please yes. share a little bit about, about what, you've, what you've been through. Okay. I have uh, a genetic disorder. 
It's called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And there are several types. The type that I have is classical type. Okay. And the way they determine the type is where the gene mutation is on genetic testing. So it's a progressive deterioration of connective tissue. Um, And it affects joints, spine, eyes, internal organs, and central nervous system. It's like will weaken your valves and your your vessels. And Mm -hmm. um, my biggest issue has been organ prolapse. And uh, my colon had stopped working, Mm -hmm. which is which. I know that you've seen in my pictures, I do Mm -hmm. have an ostomy Mm -hmm. bag on my stomach um, because my colon had stopped working and then it prolapsed in two different places. So I had, I just had my 11th surgery since 2017 in October because my physician, I had been to Mayo Shands, USF. I went to seven different surgeons prior to uh, sticking with the surgeon that I've been with for the last mm-hmm. three years mm-hmm. for all opinions. Yeah. And he was amazing because he was the only will- one willing to try everything rather than go straight to an ostomy. Right. So I had a lot of bowel resections. Mm-hmm. Um, my col or my gallbladder also stopped working. Mm-hmm. So I had to have that out. I had a port placed because I needed nutrition and fluids. Mm -hmm. And so now I forget where I was. So, yeah. yeah, So now I forget the original question. (laughs) Yeah. Just where you've been. And it's, I mean, what, what a lot you've been through and, 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 you know, I have people ask me all the time. Well, now that you've been through 11 surgeries and the hell you've gone through, don't you wish you would have just went right for the ostomy from the beginning? But I still say no, because I tried. I, at the time was 40, I celebrated my 40th birthday in the hospital. Like I'm still young and I wanted to try. I didn't want to just say, okay, I'm going to just give up and do that. So Mm -hmm. am I glad I had to go through all that? No, but... I didn't want to just give up and be like, okay, well, I'm going to live with this bag on my belly forever until it got to the point where there was literally no other option. Mm. And I really feel like, do you ever think when people ask that, do you think, well, actually, if I'd gone straight to it, I would have always wondered. Do you ever think that? I would have. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I always Mm -hmm. would have wondered, well, could I have done something else? And that's why Mm -hmm. I did do everything I yeah. When I say I did everything, I did everything. I mean, yeah. I did every test, procedure, like therapy, everything mm-hmm. that you could think of before it got to the point where I'll never forget my surgeon and his his physician assistant were like with tears in their eyes. I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. They're That's like okay. they're like it's it's time. Like they didn't want to do it. Yeah. They're like, we don't have another option. It's time. Yeah. And so, and I knew it was by the time mm. I got in there, but I have actually been a lot healthier since I've gotten my ostomy. It's been November was two years since I've okay. had it. I've gained 20 pounds. So, Amazing. which is good because mm. I was failure to thrive. I was underweight right. and I was on TPN and lipids a couple of times. And so I put on weight. 
The only issue I have now, which I had one surgery for, I got what's called a peristomal hernia where it's herniating. And so I had surgery to fix it in July, but it came back in October. We, because of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is a collagen disorder. The easiest way that I explain it to somebody is the glue that holds you together. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have that collagen or that glue to hold me together. So my surgeon likes to say my superpower is that I'm super stretchy. I'm hypermobile. One other like metaphor is like when you see people in the circus, the people that the contortionists and the rubber Mm -hmm. man and all them, they most likely have Marfan's or Ehlers-Danlos, which are two of the connective tissue disorders. And so I can do all that crazy stuff. I'm super hypermobile, but now my, my, the hernia has come back. So it's Mm -hmm. a little disheartening, but because that surgery was not fun. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to just wait as long as I can to get it fixed again because it only lasted three months and I can't, I can't keep going through surgery and yeah, surgery. Yeah, it's a huge thing to put you through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what would you say, you know, you've been some, through some really, really rough times and what would you say are some of the things that just, you know, carry you through when you're really, when you're in it and you just, you know? I have an amazing support system. My husband, my kids, my family, um, mm-hmm. like my, mm-hmm. my friends. So, but I, I, I mean, my husband really, really carries me through. I also, also, um, I, I do do some self, a lot of self portrait photography. And so that can mm-hmm. be cathartic. I've written mm-hmm. articles that have been published, mm-hmm. um, on Amazing. both my disorders and using, um, photography as a therapeutic tool. And so, you know, those things have really helped. I absolutely um, love your self-portraits. That was the thing that I, that drew me to you and just how beautiful they are and creative and just awesome. I just you. absolutely love them. What, what kind of inspires you into them? Do you have to, do you kind of get into like a headspace? And you're like, okay, I need to go make art. I, I do. There sometimes... Well, what started me doing self-portraits is actually another friend on Instagram had asked me to join like a self-portrait loop. And I I started, that's the first time Mm -hmm. I ever did a Mm self-portrait. Then once I had my surgeries, like I started documenting it. But then once I started documenting my ostomy, I got many messages from other young Mm -hmm. women with ostomies that felt that it was inspiring that I was sharing it and that I wasn't afraid to show mm-hmm. the ostomy mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, and then asking me questions. And then yeah. my surgeon actually has now started referring me to some of his ostomy patients to help them cope oh, amazing. Um, with their ostomy. So I've done some ostomy mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. I think some days I just wake up and I'm like, I feel like taking a self portrait. And some days I'll, it'll be like, okay, I want to share my ostomy. And some days yeah. I don't want to share the ostomy. And, yeah. and I don't really have like a schedule or a certain mind frame. It's just kind of how I'm feeling that day because I do have a lot of fatigue and mm-hmm. sometimes setting up your tripod and your remote and then doing my hair and getting dressed can be a little daunting. So sometimes I don't really feel like doing a self portrait. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So it just depends on really how I'm feeling. And, mm. and then, um, but I do try to do a mix of right. um, ones with the ostomy and then ones without. Mm. And I like to do, I, I don't know if you noticed, I like to do um, a lot of self-portraits with my husband too. Yes, I love them. So, Seriously, I want yeah. to pick your brain actually on the self-portraits because I'm still trying to master them okay. myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and especially ones with like my kids in and, you know, showing well, I, mm-hmm. the best I've done so far is some headshots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I love them. And um, what would you say feeds your creative soul? I think you've already answered it, really. Would you say it's your self-portraits? What else feeds your, your creative soul? I think, I mean, the self-portraits, but then, I, I mean, the documentation of birth will mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. feed my soul. That will always mm-hmm. be my number one. Yeah. Um, I just feel like that's, a special moment that you know you'll never get back and you mm. most mothers will get their images back and you know because you're a birth photographer and they'll be like I don't even remember any of yeah. that it was a blur yeah. and so just that really drives drives me to um you know to document something mm. that they may not remember did you write a note? I'm like, <laughs> I did. You know, what I had, I, I wrote a few things down and what mm-hmm. I had written. Um, should I just read what I yeah, wrote? Yeah, I would love to hear. Okay. Um, what inspires me is the urge to do something worthwhile, investing in the lives of others, to live mm-hmm. my life free from definition, constraints, and stereotypes of the standards of beauty, to clear a path for the next generation and being comfortable with who you are. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. So, yeah. That is so beautiful. Seriously, that's like made me emotional. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mm. And what would you say your definition um, of vulnerability is? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about I this when this. I, I knew you were going to ask me this. And my honest answer is being my messy self. <laughs> Just being mm. like your true messy you know not curated self yeah I think so many people avoid being vulnerable for fear of failure and being judged Mm -hmm. but it's also a place where you know of love and belonging Mm -hmm. and creativity and Mm -hmm. you know I hate to use the word authenticity but um, I, I think it's important to share that so I just I'm not afraid to share the messy side (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally. So. I, I I hear that too. And it's something that over the last couple of years, especially, um, I've had to like sit in that vulnerability. And it right. at first it kind of can feel so uncomfortable. I think right. I think it always feels uncomfortable to a point, doesn't it? But yes, then absolutely. and almost like I used to feel almost shameful when I felt extremely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then with what I've been through over the last few years, it's actually recognizing that actually from vulnerability comes great strength. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. For Being sure. able to sit in that uncomfortable feeling and mm-hmm. instead of kind of running away from it or, you know, directing away from it, sit in it and share it. It's you push through. And for me, it's been really incredible and like life-changing like yes. little things that I've done where I've put myself in such a vulnerable place and then to push through it. And it's, and and then it's almost like you get these beautiful gifts from yes. being able to go through that. Yeah, definitely. I mm. totally agree. 
Yeah. Mm. And I imagine you've been in in many of those positions as well. And, you know, having to have acceptance around your condition and. I do. And, you know, I get torn because I, I could share an image of myself with my ostomy bag and I will get a ton of DMs saying, I have an ostomy. Can you help me? I have questions or you're such an inspiration. Thank you for sharing. But then on the flip side, some people are have made comments where they're like, well, I don't want to, can I, am I allowed to curse? I don't want to yeah, see yeah. your, sh- your shit on my feed. And I'm like, okay, well, number one, I would never post a bag of right. that. It's empty. <laughs> and so you do Just get some, <laughs> yeah, some, some people that are, so you do take that risk when you're being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. But I found that I've had a greater, it's been more positive than negative. Mm-hmm. So, and I really, really want to help end the stigma and spread awareness. Mm-hmm. Last year around this time, a 10-year-old took his life for being bullied for having a colostomy. And I was part of a campaign for him. And so uh, it's going to make me cry. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to me to normalize it because yeah. there's more people than anyone realizes living with that. Yeah, And they don't all have there. Obviously you have them for different reasons. It's pretty rare that I have one because of my genetic disorder. Okay. Um, and my, that, my intestines stopped working. That's because of the type that I have. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily rare, but there are a lot of people that have an ostomy for other reasons, trauma, yeah. inflammatory bowel disease, cancer. Um, and so that stigma really needs to just go away. Totally. And that's the same for anybody with any kind of, you know, I, I don't particularly label myself with a disability but that's for anybody that are is disabled it's just mm. those stigmas need to be those barriers need to be broken down and that totally. stigma needs to go away yeah and we need people like you to sh- that's why we need people like you it's inspirational to be able to normalize and share you know so it's really yeah it's really incredible and I've heard so I've heard of EDS um I don't know a huge amount about it but I know just two people that have it. And so if there were, you know, people listening um, who, who knew about EDS or had just been diagnosed with it, is there any, you know, kind of advice that you would give or anything you want to share? I first, if you're diagnosed and you're diagnosed by someone other than a genetic geneticist, I always recommend you get the genetic testing because Mm -hmm. it is absolutely crucial that you know what type you have. Um, And no one can tell you what type you have unless you get genetic testing. Um, So unfortunately, the type that I have is a little bit more a serious type. Like we have to check our hearts to make, you know, every year to make sure that we don't have you know, aortic aneurysms and that Mm -hmm, kind of thing. mm -hmm. It is the organ prolapse, that Mm -hmm. type of thing. But also, unfortunately, there is no cure. People are like, can't you just get collagen injections or take (laughs) collagen? And there isn't. And it is progressive. So Mm -hmm. 
it's, I take it day by day. Yeah. If I, I, I'm actually kind of in a routine where if I function on a busy one day, I have to rest the next day. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. It's kind of like a balancing act, you know, and Mm then uh, it's really, you just live your life and treat symptoms as they come. If I can't do something I with somebody or I just, I rest or I say I have to reschedule something. I've the one thing I've never done is reschedule a birth. Like I will, I will always go to a birth no matter how I feel. I, because I don't have a website and I am word of mouth, I'm not like crazy busy, but I'm busy enough that I want as a, as busy as I want to be and mm. need to be at this point in my life. Mm. Like I can't imagine, I know people that take like so many births and I'm like, I can't live my life on call like that. And, yeah. and I, you know, if you're at a six, if I'm at a 16 hour birth, I'm down for two or three days the next yeah. mm-hmm. afterwards. So I can't yeah. do that. Recovery is so important. I think even being yeah. for, even for birth workers without health conditions, absolutely. It, I mean, it just takes it's like that so birth much. Hangover. Totally, mm-hmm. I get it as well. And like, I'm out. <laughs> you know, I yeah. need a recovery oh, yeah. day after a birth. Totally. Oh, yeah. Even if it's not even a super long one, it's just like the en- as mm-hmm. you know that emotional energy that it takes, and especially if you're an empath, right? Like mm-hmm. I am, which I as am I. So <laughs> you feel everything. You feel yeah. it, and you have to like put your little try and put your barriers in place so you're not going to soak in too much. You know, right? Right. When I first started out, um, I'm a doula as well. When I first started out as a birth mm-hmm. worker, yeah. I um. I hadn't learned to have, you know, the boundaries, the emotional boundaries in place. Mm-hmm. And it would just like, I would just soak in everything mm-hmm. and then just be completely, you know, out. Right. Whereas I think as you get more experience, you kind of, you learn a bit yeah. of emotional boundaries, don't you? It is, but it's hard for me <laughs> because most, because most of the people that I do their births are people I know from the hospital. Oh, so wow. it is super <laughs> emotional a connection. Yeah. But I'm also like, like you probably, I'm like a climber. I climb up on the beds. I climb up on stools. And so by the next day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I can't move. I can't walk. I'm like hurting. The funniest story is I was only two weeks post-op from one of my abdominal surgeries and I had a scheduled C-section and I was not going to miss it. Oh my gosh. Well, I am friends with my surgeon and his physician's assistant on Facebook and in, you know, they're Mm -hmm. friends of mine and I get it and I posted it and I'm friends with anesthesia. So I was on a stool and I had my, the anesthesia, the CRNA holding me by the waist and I'm on my tippy toes <gasps> shooting over the curtain. And I oh had posted gosh. it on Facebook and my surgeon texts <laughs> me is like, why am I seeing you post-op standing on a stool with uh, Jim holding you, taking pictures? I'm like, because I will You're not miss a birth. I will not miss a birth. I missed one birth, but I was in the hospital. I was a patient in the hospital and I missed one birth. And it was actually, unfortunately, someone that I did not know. It was a referral. Mm. But they did, one of the other nurses actually went in and took some photos for them. So I I mean, Mm. that just couldn't be helped. Mm. And I, and everybody that hires me knows me for the most part. And 
but I've only missed one birth in the seven years I've been shooting them. Wow. So yeah, that's a long time. And um, so on to a different topic. Um, Okay. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? (laughs) Well, I'm super, super excited about Iceland. I've always wanted wanted to go to Iceland. Mm -hmm. So I think list. that would be amazing. That's definitely mm-hmm. on my list. Mm-hmm. When the opportunity came up, I was like, we're going. Yeah. The, uh, and I think I'm drawn to colder climates because I live at the beach. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I always want to travel yeah. somewhere that is completely different. So mm-hmm. to me, I was like, Iceland, yes. Yeah, um, I also really am drawn to like, like Switzerland. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm mm-hmm. not really sure why I just, I, I follow someone on Instagram that goes to visit. They've been to Denmark and Switzerland and all mm-hmm. those areas. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like so quaint and cute. <laughs> and so I, I really would love to visit. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the, you know, there one day. Have you and skied I, before? Oh, I grew up skiing. Oh, yeah. did you? Cause you're from However, as an adult, I'm not good at it. Um, the last time we went skiing, and I'm petrified of heights, which... Okay, no good I on, the, to, on the lifts. Well, <laughs> I used to be fine on the yeah. lifts. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know if as I got older, the last time we went, we went to Maine. We went skiing in Maine. Amazing. And I wouldn't get on the ski lift, so I had to walk. <laughs> I walked up the mountains, skied <laughs> down and walked back up. So, you oh my see God. so I didn't last very long. Um, <laughs> and my boys, my husband and my boys will, they all will snowboard. I yeah, tried to yeah. snowboard and I ended up sitting on my snowboard and sledding down the hill because I yeah. kept falling. I think that would That's be me. so hard. I haven't oh, skied since so, I was young. It's been a mm. while. Um, trying to think when we last it's been a while since we skied. It's been a few years since we went to Maine, but mm. um, so I'm always drawn to the cold. I do want to go mm. to England. I have some friends over in England, so yes, I want to go to there. Come. Yes. Oh, yes. I forgot My doors are always too. open. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I'll yes. show you around London. So now, now I have another friend in England, <laughs> yes, so I do. definitely want to go over to England. And yeah. I actually was going to go over there this year as well, but oh, wow. um, for another workshop and two of my birth images were going to be in the gallery were oh, chosen wow, to be in the gallery was that flock there. were you gonna was it yes. flock yes oh uh-huh. I was gonna go to that as well yeah so yeah. I was I was gonna go over and two mm. of my birth images were chosen mm. for the gallery oh, wow. and then that was canceled so maybe one day I'll get over there I just want to I, I know I've met Laura as well and so mm-hmm. she's a friend mm-hmm. of mine so oh, I, 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 I keep saying I'm coming over to visit you yes yes you need to come for sure where can people find you it's jessica underscore k underscore miles Mm -hmm. m-i-l-e-s is my um is my instagram and i i share personal images as well as professional Mm -hmm. images i don't have two separate accounts so Mm -hmm. if you know if someone were to follow me it's got my you know personal images as well as my uh work work images thank you well I just wanted to say it's really been lovely to meet you like I love talking to you it's just like we sat down with a cup of tea and chattered you know yes it was fun thanks for being here 
You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'll, talk, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. You can find the visual side of the project on Instagram at my underscore vulnerable voice. If you would like to share your story and get involved, please get in touch. Myvulnerablevoice at gmail.com. You can find more of my personal work at www.hannapalamara.com and on Instagram at hannapalamarahonestlyfeminine. And please, wherever you are listening to this podcast, always subscribe, review and share. Thank you.